0: Buckle up for the Uncommon Leader Podcast, just friends hanging out and breaking down leadership challenges and unwrapping techniques that can be applied to make a difference. A fun look at what is possible if we lead in an uncommon way, an invitation to be the champion we were created to be. Not your typical leadership podcast.
1: Hey, Uncommon Leader Podcast listeners. This first month of episodes at Growing Champions has been quite a compilation of great leader interviews. I'm sending on this episode as a mashup of some of the uncommon responses that I got from the interviewees. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Let's hear just a few snippets of what you heard in these podcasts from these great leaders. In the inaugural episode one, we heard from Dr. Paul Deschamps, blogger, consultant, and author of Preventing Physician Burnout.
0: As leaders, it's our responsibility to change ourselves so that we can implement these changes in our organization. You know, we know change is hard. Nobody wants to change, especially very successful adults who've worked their way into positions of authority and and control and power. They've worked a certain way to get there and, and yet they're struggling. And when we come along and say, well, you know, you really should do this differently, justifiably people in leadership positions think, why should I do it differently? I've, I've done what I've done has gotten me where I am. Now you're coming along and you're telling me to change that just, you know, I, I, this is the way I've lived my life, but the truly uncommon leaders, the ones that lead those organizations that are truly stellar, they have made that change. They've come to that realization that they can actually, they themselves thrive by putting into place, Management systems and cultures that actually empower their frontline workers while aligning them with enterprise-wide success. And it can feel scary at first because that word empowerment certainly, for me as a CEO of a medical group with 350 docs in it, to think that I'm going to empower all these doctors who've been whining at me about how they're not getting paid enough and they're working too hard. (laughs) I give them power, and, and you know what are they going to do? They're going to go out and hire a whole bunch more staff that we can't afford without improving the processes because that's their idea that they thought would fix things. There's a way to approach this so that you do it collaboratively and everybody's mutually supporting each other towards these goals. But it starts with the top.
1: In episode two, I talked with Tom Carmazzi, former CEO of Tuthill Corporation. He spoke about overcoming the challenge of stuttering
2: when he was a young teen. Well, one of the things in my life has been to ask myself, is it true? Because my nature is to, you know, be really hard on myself and point out, you know, where I failed versus where I succeeded. And so I started asking myself when I would beat myself up about failures is, is that true, Tom? Is that true? And so things like stuttering, you know, as I said, from 12 to 16, I was world class. And yet, as I matured, my self-confidence started growing that I would still have that monkey that I'm going to stutter. And so I would start asking myself, is that true? And as I got more successful in the business world, I was asked to speak publicly more and more. And before every one of those, I make up these things back to when I was at the lectern and I was reading one of the passages and I'd be stuttering like crazy. Mm. And the people out in the audience are looking at me, some are shaking their head. Friends are laughing. You know, I, I play that picture and and, and 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 I'm playing that video. Excuse me, and it and it's like, but is that true, Tom? When's the last time that happened to you? Unfortunately, John it'd be like oh, probably when I was 16. You know, and 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 so it's it's that internal really getting comfortable with who I am and and just continuing to to test that. I mean, one of the talks I I gave was at Notre Dame and, 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 and and I got there about four hours ahead of time. And the, the gentleman that was asking me to speak there is like, Tom, why are you getting there? Like three hours early. And one of my processes was wherever I speak, I have to walk up and down every aisle. I have to basically walk and sit in various parts of the auditorium. And it's part of me getting comfortable and feeling like I'm in control. Hmm. And my wife was with me. It's the first time she'd ever seen me speak. She's like, Tom, what is this? And, and when I told her why she said, Tom, I haven't heard you stutter in decades. I'm like, yeah, I know, but this is why I don't. She says, is that true? She even asked me, I'm like, wait a minute. It sounds like the question you, I'm asking myself, but for some reason I didn't ask in the situation. And I said, well, no, it's not true. I'm making this up. And she's like, yeah, I, I don't hear that anymore. I don't think it's who you are. And, that kind of scared me because I thought, well, what if I don't prep Then So it's just mm. funny how my mind can be my own worst enemy. So back to your question, you know, those internal things is really having confidence in who I am. I mean, God made me this way for a reason. And can I just trust that? Mm. Just trust it and and choose it. Choose it, not run from it. Choose it. So, yeah, that's, that's my answer, John. In episode three, I
1: spoke with Adam Ward, forensic betterer, and I asked him, what keeps people from changing you as a consultant overcome that barrier?
3: It's pride. If you're not humble and you know no one's going to be able to, to teach you anything. And so I've said no to working with a lot of leaders over the years, literally after deciding after a minute conversation. Now, the conversation was an hour long, but I'd already picked chosen a minute in that, that it wasn't gonna work. And that's just something you pick up after working with so many organizations, so many different industries. People like to think that we're unique. And I mean we are, but our problems are, you know, the same issue. So if if we're gonna improve something, fundamentally we've got to have humility to to begin with. And you know, Maxwell says once the pain Change is less than the pain of remaining this theme, right? That, that's when people, that people change. will change.
1: Right. Absolutely.
3: Right. So the process of getting someone to change is painting that future as a way that's so much better than the current way that they'll go through that change process and that can be i mean i know john you talk about your 7fs and that can be in any one of those areas mm-hmm. and and but just finding finding what that imagined future could look like and then breaking it down into to simple steps to getting there and then a lot of emotional roller coaster coaching as you're going through the the individual issues cuz change is is hard especially organizational change and, you know, you, you and I have done that at, you know, Fortune 50 companies. And, you know, we've worked locally with small nonprofits. And and so the bigger the change project, the, the tougher it is. But the, the, the leaders are going through the same thing, the whole, know, any size of company.
1: In episode four, we were introduced to Kim Doc Cheney, who talked about some of the challenges that he faces in mentoring others. John,
4: the first thing that comes to me is this word responsibility. Responsibility for those I'm coaching or I'm mentoring or whatever term that we would use. The responsibility of the problem, the responsibility of relationships the responsibility of even in a consulting role or the or a coaching role and the two of those in my opinion are totally different so many times people seek a solution to a problem and what they're trying to do is sometimes write a check to get the responsibility off of them hmm. and, and you got to watch that in any situation i think a person's ego never wants to be wrong and taking responsibility may mean some temporary failures as we learn our way to a solution and that's that's part of the challenge and i It goes back also when you're mentoring somebody, keeping them responsible Mm. and you, me, responsible to my role. When I get over what I call over my 100, over my role and into their lane, as they become successful, are they successful? or was I successful? And how will that help them with the next opportunity that arises? If I'm too far out, not as much as it could have been.
1: And episode five did not disappoint as I spoke with aspiring author Patty Hamilton, who talked about the impact her mother had on her
5: story and still today. I think that I would be remiss if I did not recognize my mother in this, okay? We lost her earlier this year at 89, and she has often been my best friend throughout life. She had her own little team that she managed, four of us, and she did it with a style that I love to continue today. She talked to us a lot. She coached us a lot. She gave us some really good tools to, you know, to, to conduct ourselves out in the public, which was very important to her because how things looked, how we were, how we behaved was very important to her. So she would say things like, when we went to the store, keep your hands to yourself. We couldn't say the word lie. We had to say story because that was like a curse word in our family. Phrases like, if if you can't say anything nice about someone, don't say it at all. Things like that. Just phrase after phrase, depending upon what the situation was. But in high school, I asked her to sign my, my annual, my yearbook. And I'm not sure if I asked her if she wanted to sign it. But every time I look at it, I get this same uplifting feeling. And, and, and I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase it for you. It's to my daughter, aim high and success will be yours. Give respect and demand the same and, and success will always be yours. So those two things, aim, aim high and just give respect in the process. But I think the one part of that that really sticks with me is to demand the same. So I always, always felt confident going into any space, feeling like I belonged. And I got to give her credit for that because uh, she gave me that confidence that it behaved like that toward people. If I gave people respect, then I should expect the same back toward me. And for the most part, it's been true.
1: I hope that you enjoyed this bonus summary episode of the first five of the Uncommon Leader Podcast. As I started this podcast, I wanted to create something that would help you grow on your leadership journey by learning from others who have already been there. With regards to the production of the podcast, I know I'm still learning. It's been both fun and frustrating. Editing is something that I'm getting better at, and I know that I'll learn to even ask more uncommon questions to get uncommon responses from those that I'm interviewing. I'll also rely on your feedback to help as well. Do you have an idea of what you want to hear? Do you want to be a guest? Drop me an email at john at growingchampions.net. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear these full episodes, not just the snippets that you heard today, then go to www.growingchampions.net backslash podcast, or you can subscribe on your favorite platform like Spotify or iTunes. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, go and grow champions.